if you use the code WILDLOVE, you're going to get a discount and those are going to be even less expensive and you can buy two. Whitney, something you don't know about me is I never even had a vibrator until I was 52 years old. I was born (laughs) when I was 52 years old. What? I know. That's why I love that we're sponsored by Sweet Vibrations. Oh my God, me too. Not only that, I mean, welcome to the world, Wednesday. I know, welcome to the world. Okay, here's the amazing thing about Sweet Vibrations vibrators. They're under $50. They're waterproof. They come in all these beautiful, bright colors. Mm -hmm. They're chargeable. And they feel absolutely amazing. They feel amazing. And there's one for every vulva and preference. There are so many different Sweet Vibrations vibrators. What's your favorite one? Okay, my favorite one is the girl's best friend. I had never used anything like this before. I was like, "Eh, I love my bullets. I like this. I like that. Then I used the girl's best friends like literally two weeks ago and it blew my face off. My orgasm was so strong. I was like, this is my new favorite toy for the rest of my life. I'm never using anything else again. Thank you, Sweet Vibrations. All right. Have you ever met a queer bionic babe. If you haven't, you will want to tune in because Dana Troisi is just that and she's incredible. She's so cool. I had never met her before this and like I'm now in love with her, have a crush on her, the whole thing. (laughs) And she's going to talk about what it's like to um, have a limb difference and be a sexual person out in the world. And we talked about so much more, right? You and I really got into it about bodies with Dana, about our own personal stories and relationships to our bodies and Dana's insights too. Yeah, it was really fun to dive into all of our personal stories. And it was awesome to have her to bear witness to that and her tell us her story. Tune in. So a little something new today. Mm-hmm. We are doing a themed episode where we're going to talk about bodies. Bodies. We all have one. We all have one. And thank God the guest who's with us to talk about this is my friend Dana Troisi. Hi. Hey, Dana. <laughs> who is who? Who describes herself as a queer bionic babe. Bionic bitch, depending on my mood. Or queer bionic bitch. (laughs) And who has written for just about everything. You've written about (laughs) sex and identity and disability and being bionic and beauty and like all the issues that matter for just about, I don't know, so many publications, so many places. Your voice is out there. And so we just thought you would be perfect to talk to us about bodies and sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. It's a big topic. Like, okay, today, scale of one to 10, how do you feel about your body, Whitney? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm probably about an eight or a 7.5. I feel like I've been more critical of my body recently than I have ever before. Okay. That's funny that you took the question that way because You could take it. No, but there's not a wrong way. Because when I was thinking about answering the question myself, I was thinking about like, I have to pee. Like (laughs) how I feel in my body. You're feeling like how you feel about your body, like how it looks. Yeah. I think about that a lot too. Yeah. My body feels pretty good. But sometimes. gorgeous. Thanks. Appreciate (laughs) it. I actually, this morning, I went to go see the woman. We had her podcast actually released when we were recording today. But anyway, it didn't matter. Issa Herrera. So I had a pelvic vaginal massage stretching session with her this morning. Oh, awesome. So, so you're feeling really good in good. your body. In my yeah. body, I'm feeling really good. You're fi- but you're feeling like critical of how your body looks. looks okay. Yes. Dana, scale of one yeah, to Yeah, that's how high. I took the question too. I'd be saying I'm at a six because I feel like I had a, sol- a lot of salt yesterday and my face is bloated and I'm getting my period and like my tits hurt, but... I always hated my body back when I used to get my period. God, my tits hurt so bad. I just feel like I my literally morph really into like hurt. Shrek right before my period. Yeah, we're and talk- I like look in the mirror until my face is like all contorted. I'm like, my ears are fat. Like, my, <laughs> everything is puffy. <laughs> oh my God. I used to say when I was pregnant, talk about hating your body. Um, when I was pregnant, I used to say like, I'm the kind of person, you know how some women when they're pregnant, they just like look like a supermodel with a little like... Their little bum. With a little bump. <laughs> Every part of me was pregnant, like my fingernails were pregnant. (laughs) And I really hated my body when it was pregnant. And at the same time, I was amazed by my pregnant body. And I feel like that's my relationship to my body all the time. It goes between like hatred and amazement 
And where's the moment of just appreciation? Appreciation. And how can we do that more often? Because we we really, I do find myself sometimes, particularly when I'm hungover or I've been like partying a bunch, I will say to my body, thank you body for, for like, for letting me party so hard. (laughs) Well, just like putting, putting my body through that kind of intense unhealthiness, right? you know, yeah. for so long. It's just like, thank you for being able to carry me through that. And Give I'm your sorry. body I, a hug. I, yeah. Yeah. I she's beautiful. She's doing a lot for you. <laughs> you know, it's so funny how we think about bodies like that the baseline is able-bodied or every single part is there yeah. or whatever. We have this baseline for how we think about bodies and you're helping us shift our understanding of like, what is a beautiful, sexy body? Yeah. Can you talk to people about, you know, why you call yourself a queer bionic babe? Well, I mean, I just think of my arm as such an accessory. Yeah. And like, I really am into like beauty and fashion. And like, I feel like I derive from the narrative, like everybody's beautiful no matter what. Like I like to try (laughs) to look beautiful. (laughs) And that's like really important to me. And I think that kind of breaks molds in itself because when I was growing up, a lot of the things I heard was like, you're beautiful on the inside, no matter what, yada, 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 even though you have one arm, whatever. And like, those are like nice lessons to learn. But like, I was like, but I want to be like Kim Kardashian. Like, I don't. (laughs) Hello. So I think that is like why I feel really empowered by it because I can be different or disabled or whatever you want to call it and still kind of want to not um, adhere to beauty standards. Um, Yeah. Definitely a little thicker than the normal beauty standard, but like, to still kind of give myself permission to just, like, have fun with beauty and stuff like that and not, like, mm-hmm. fit in a box. Like, it's kind of just yeah. like a big fuck you. The first time I met you, you came and you weren't wearing any kind of prosthesis. Yeah. And um, you you just had – you were without a prosthesis. Yeah. And I kept staring at it because I was fascinated. And I'm sure that you grew up being stared at a yeah. lot. And then over the course of us knowing each other, you got mm-hmm. your prosthesis, which is, like – Amazing and bionic. Yeah. And her name I, is Tatiana. It's her so name is Tatiana. Badass. Tatiana. Tatiana. Yes, sh- I was just going to ask you is. to. Look. She's wearing a fabulous vintage She's Chanel bracelet. She's wearing a vintage <laughs> Chanel bracelet that's so beautiful. Thank you. And I love the way you talk about Tatiana. You know, you've been on, um, I mean, you've been on every platform that I can think of Thank you. Ta- talking about Tatiana. <laughs> She's gotten me a lot of work this one. She's got <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tatiana. So can you talk about the transition from not wearing a prosthesis yeah. to wearing Tatiana? And by the way, what was it like? You said that you were growing up and everybody was like, oh, you're beautiful on the inside. Like, tell us about that journey. Well, I mean, I like I would mm, I was also like a really like overweight, like hairy Italian kid. So like there was definitely other reasons that I was beautiful on the inside. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just want to say for anybody who's not watching on YouTube, you should because this we're sitting with a total babe. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You're both I very staring gorgeous. at your boobs. I'm oh sorry. God, that is the nicest thing anyone's ever seen. You're just going to stare at Dana's boobs I know, the whole like, time. Oh, I yeah. love them. You could fall They're so into swollen, them. right? They got a whole like, <gasps> cup size bigger when I'm getting my period. They're delicious. My girlfriend's very delighted. I used to go up from an A or a B cup to a D cup. Oh my God. One time I was at dinner with a friend and she was like, your tits grew during dinner. That's incredible. Yeah. So I (laughs) feel you. Bodies are amazing. I feel you and you look beautiful. Thank you. Um, So I think the transition, and then on top of that, like we'll start as a kid, I was used to getting stared at um, because I do have one arm. Like it's kind Mm -hmm. of hard to miss. It's like a super visible disability. But then on top of that, when I started to like grow into myself, like I'm a really extra person. Like I always go through phases with fashion and hair and makeup and lipstick and weave and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, she's, Ta- opening and closing Tatiana's, on her own now. She's very excited. Tatiana's <laughs> thrilled to be with us, and we're thrilled. So I think that, like, I could have gone um, one of two ways, either, like, shy into myself. It's so embarrassing. People are always staring at me. Let me try to look mm, as, yeah. like, unassuming as possible. And for me, I don't know if it's because I'm a Leo or a narcissist or because my mom always told me I was, like, perfect in every way. God I was bless like, mom. I know, right? Love you, mom. Um, that I was like, I'm going to just... People are staring at me. I want to keep them staring. And I always just loved clothing and accessories and and all those things. And it kind of just seemed like, you know, like I almost feel like it's like a blessing that people are drawn to me because either I have one less arm than everyone else or I'm wearing a legit robot arm. Right. And to me, like, (laughs) that's really fun. legit robot arm. And the transition was, 
I always was really like kind of vocal about not wanting to wear one. And um, because I just felt like proud of who I was, even though it wasn't always easy. And then I saw um, an actress, her name is Angel Jufria, and I wrote an essay called Getting Slutty at Amp Camp for Jezebel. It was my first published oh. essay. And um, she read it and was like, I'd love to meet up with you, yada, yada. Um, she's also like an extremely hot amputee. And she was wearing like this, but in all white. The arm was in all okay. white. And I was like, it was almost like oh. seeing someone with like a fabulous bag. Or I was like, where, the, where did you get that? Yeah, like, where did you get that? And everything changed in that moment. And it wasn't this big, like, intellectual, like, kind of crisis. Like, now I want to wear a prosthetic. I'm like, that's fucking hot. And I want it. That I need yeah. one of those. Yeah. I need that fabulous bag. Yeah. That and can, now I just love it. Like, now you love yeah. Tatiana. I mean, yeah. you've documented your love for Tatiana on Instagram in the things that you write about. Wait, I want to go back. Did you say AMP camp? Oh, yeah. That well, is a camp for kids. With limb differences. With limb differences. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell okay, us okay. about that. Well, um, and the feelings, it's actually a really beautiful thing. And I like kind of cry when I talk about it, Um, but well, you wouldn't be the first one to cry here today. (laughs) Um, so it's like run completely on donations and it's for children like all across America that get to go for free. Um, and it's just like a normal camp and that's what I love. It's like rock climbing, like, like the spaghetti craft bullshit, like all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Just, and you happen to be surrounded by everyone with the same disability as you. Wow. How old were you? I think I was 15 the first time I went. And inevitably, like, we're, like, the social hierarchy kind of recreates itself. And I was with, like, the cool, hot amputees. Yeah, we were all, like, really slutty. And, like, I love that because (laughs) I was, like, we're... slutty amputees. (laughs) So was everyone hooking up with each other there? No, we were mostly just talking about sex. But, like, it kind of was just, like, I kind of was an asshole because I was part of, like, the mean girl group. And we were all, like, hot and whatever. And we'd, like, draw tattoos on, like, and wear bikinis all the time. And I think that, like, was, like, wow, I can be different, but I could still that navigate life kind of just like everyone else. Yeah. And like, I had never seen another person with a limb difference, like in my life. What you, was that when like you were when 15? You, yeah. I mean, when, in per, like, no, my mom took me to like support groups when I was younger. I guess uh-huh. I just like, didn't really like internalize it. And then I kind of pushed away from it. Cause I was kind of like the token disabled person. Okay. And then didn't like chill with the disabled people. I was, I saw like, I don't know, like Jim Abbott on TV, but like, right, not right. like, so to see that, like, I remember I first walked in and I saw this, like, really fucking ugly girl with one arm. And I was like, that's me. That's what I look like. I know that's what I look like. And then, like, all the hot girls showed up. And I was like, oh. And I was like, she's not ugly because she has one arm. She's ugly because she's wearing an Aeropostale sweatsuit. So like, that, that's the mistake. <laughs> okay? It's not the limb difference. It's the sweatsuit. And I sound, sweatsuit. it sounds awful. That shit is disgusting. <laughs> but just think about how validating that would feel to be a 15-year-old that you're obsessed with the way you look. I'm wrapping my mind around this. And it was just beautiful. And like, I still have friendships with all those women. Um, And it was just like, you know, when lights went went out, we'd all just be like, have you ever given a hand job? Like, blah, blah. Like, I want my friend, I won't say her name, but she didn't have um, either of her arms. And she kind of just had like these fingers. Right. And she like taught everyone how to give a foot job. Ooh, um, cool. I yeah. want to learn that. I know. And like, I mean, and then also I learned like basic things, like how to put my hair in a ponytail. And yeah. that, like, I didn't, I had no idea how my mom would do my hair. And, like, I was a really independent kid, but I just didn't think I could do that. And it turns out that just putting a ring on it, your finger, and, like, the ring will keep the ponytail from slipping. So you can kind oh. of just, like, one-handedly do oh. it. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, revolutionary for me. You so, learned this like, stuff at AMP Camp. Yeah. You had, like, a support group. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, that's the first time that all of you girlfriends got together and basically did the same thing that everyone yeah. else did. And we all talked about our, like, speaking of bodies, like, that's, we processed that so much, but not in an annoying, like, way because, like, we were all the same. So we didn't have to, like, uh, give, like, disclaimers for anything. And, like, there was no, like, mm-hmm. judgment. Like, sometimes I feel ugly when I'm not wearing my prosthetic. Like, I didn't, I wasn't wearing a prosthetic at the time, but some girls would feel that way or, like, the arm amputees to be jealous of the leg amputees because they could, like, pass more. Oh, pass, interesting, like, because yeah. they had pants yeah. on or a skirt, so their leg, it wasn't out there that they yeah. were an amputee. Oh, okay, like, pass, prosthetic. as in they have all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then leg amputees would be like, oh, my God, having one arm is so much harder. And we would just, like, process these things, but we were young, so we weren't, like, um, you weren't, like, in a yeah. graduate thesis class. Like, the implications of the disabled body. Like, we were just yeah, yeah, bullshitting. You, you right. were just living it. Yeah. Yeah, you were living and learning through the experience. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like the... I mean, just to state the obvious point, the power of being around people who are dealing with the same stuff yeah. that you're dealing with. And, like, I loved your point about how there were, there were social hierarchies because so many people will just clump dis- anybody with a limb difference all together or anybody with a disability yeah. all together. And, like, duh, no, 
that's not the yeah. way it is. There mm-hmm. are uh, there are billions of people with disabilities, and let's not clump yeah, everybody exactly. together. Powerful, yeah. and so that was so. That was when you were a teenager, which seems like a really powerful time to have it happen. Yeah, it was really powerful. Yeah, like the best time in a way. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went home, I felt like the shit. I was like, I was the cool girl at camp, so why can't I be the cool girl at school? But then I was like still in the choir and like gay, so. (laughs) (laughs) How was growing up as a teenager uh, gay at the time? Did you know that you were gay? I did. Um, And I did, like, I think it just also because... I'm just a very naturally confident person. Like, I think you I would are. Be, I would love to have, like, a healthy dose of shame, but I have no shame about, like, literally anything, and it's gotten I've me only trouble. seen you shy one time. When was I shy? The only time you were ever shy was the first time you met me. You came to my house in Sag Harbor, and you were so shy. Well, you know why I was shy? Because my window had shattered, and I was driving this really ratchet Subaru, and I drove up to your house, and I'm like, please don't let her notice that I have a garbage bag. And I'm, like, Aww. ripping the garbage what? bag off the side oh, of the window. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding? I've had garbage bags on my windows. So, please. Uh, That's the only time I ever saw you shy. Did I warm up at the end of the day? Yeah. At the end of the day, you were out there as fuck. Okay. (laughs) But you were shy for, like, maybe 10 minutes. And I also, like, admired you so much. It was, like, meeting, like, a celebrity. I know, right? You, like, fangirl over her. Yeah. so true. And then, like, Victor was like, keep it cool. Like, don't be like, oh, my God. And I was like, can you sign my book? (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I first met Wednesday, too, and I I, we had, like, exchanged numbers, and we started texting or something. I was like, Wednesday Martin's texting me. Oh, my God. I know, I still feel really cool if your name pops up on my phone. I'm like, just Wednesday, hold on. (laughs) I'll just text you Wednesday, Martin. (laughs) Meanwhile, okay, stop. Okay, so that was the only time I ever saw you shy. Okay, how about, like, here's an inspiring thing. Sometimes when I feel like shit about my body, like, I'm just at a zero. Okay, talk to us about, like, confidence from being a gay person with a limb difference. Yeah. Where do you think, you said you think it comes from mom, but I think you also worked on it. Like, what do you think? Yeah. What is, you know? Mm, well, I mean, I am really naturally confident and I don't know yeah. how I got this way, but like even like when I came out, like it wasn't this whole like tortured, like can't sleep at night. I was like, I want to eat pussy. Like it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, so, this is a win-win for it me. It was just like so not that deep. Right. Um, And then I don't really think I ever thought about how it, I guess, intersected, if that's the word, with my disability. Right. And then I kind of, I wanted to have this writing career and nobody knew who I was and nobody wanted to just read about my musings about sex. So I was like, let me be really politically correct and be like, how my queer identity intersects with my disability. And the next thing you know, I'm like making thousands of dollars. Everybody wants to talk to me. (laughs) And it's like, I never thought about that. And it was a little performative when I started, to be completely honest. But now it's so true. Like you actually can't separate parts of yourself and, like, mm. those things do interact, and I kind of came to it in, like, a little bit of a bullshit way because I just wanted to be published. But now I think about it all the time, like, for real, for real. For real, for yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're living it. I'm living it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was ever fake. Yeah. You know Thanks. what I mean? You no, know, it wasn't fake, but do you know what I mean? Like, you have to play the game. You to, have to yeah, play the you know? game. Yeah. You have to. Wait, how old were you when you came out, by the way? I knew when I was, like, 11, and then everyone in school knew when I was, like, 13. And then I did not tell my Italian Catholic parents until I was, like, 22. And were they shocked? I told my mom was a gynecologist. Wait, um, so you you kept this to yourself for 11 years. Yeah. From 11 to 22. Okay, just wanted to say that. From your family or just? From my family. Everyone knew. Like, I was out, like, on public platforms, like, Instagram. And, like, I mean, I had girlfriends in school. Everybody knew, like, literally besides my parents. But that's what I mean. Like, when you came out to your mom at the gynecologist's office. Yeah, we need to know about that. Was she shocked or was she, did she... Set the scene. No, um, she. I was get. I was getting the thing when you get like an irregular pap smear and they have to scrape whatever. Ouch! It's like a motherfucker. It does. But I was like, for some reason, you know, when you get so anxious and your mind just creates the most irrational scenario. Like for some reason, I thought the gynecologist was going to tell my mom that I had like this like lesbian disease. You have a lesbian pussy. Your daughter has a lesbian (laughs) pussy. I I don't know why I thought that was going to happen because I wanted her to come with me in the office because I was scared and like wanted to hold her hand. I just blurted it out and I was like, I sleep with women. And she goes. You have bigger problems than that right now. And I'm like, Ma! Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I just Listen, you're getting your pussy yeah. scraped right now. I don't care that you sleep with women. If you don't follow Dana on Instagram, her posts of her mom are so brilliant. And her your mom my is My mom like, is the funniest person I've she's literally like your, ever met. In my she's life. like your cam person. Yeah. Too. She's yeah. like 
always like Dana will be walking down a hallway in Vegas with like a my mom is my hype beast she's like beautiful honey she is just your hype beast and I love seeing her on Instagram hyping you I mean it must have been awesome to have a mom who hyped you and who hypes you is that still happening is that relationship yes I'm so tremendously lucky and like I never lose sight of that like my parents support me so much. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. in everything, like, were they always comfortable that I'm gay? No. Are they comfortable that I'm half naked on the internet and like talking about my <laughs> pussy all the time? Like, probably not, but they keep that to themselves, which I think is such a beautiful thing. Like, I know they're probably not comfortable all the time, but they deal with that on their own. And they like, allow you to be you. Yeah. They support you to be you. And they sent me to school for creative writing. Are you kidding me? Like, that's such like a bullshit degree and they let me do <laughs> it. Like, they're just like, <laughs> most people, most parents would probably say, let me just not flush money down the toilet. Yeah. But like, how amazing was it that they did it and look how it took yeah. off. And like, I think that's one of the reasons like I have so much success because like my parents like, you know, told me I could do it. And it's because I had talent. Like they kind of put the kibosh on my whole like, you know, Broadway career. They're like, you're good. But like, mm. so <laughs> maybe <laughs> something else. <laughs> so like, I just like perform like the Wicked soundtrack for my girlfriend now. But like, but they really supported me. And like, if I have children, like if they are talented, like I will totally push them to do it. You'll do yeah. what your parents did. Yeah. Okay. I love that you wanted a Broadway career. I can oh my see God, it. Yeah. I just see it. Yeah. By the way, we do need, um, a big, huge Broadway star with a limb difference. Yeah, that would be so badass. I mean, Here that would you go. be amazing. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's going to all come full circle. Yeah, maybe well, it'll I really be like stage like, two um, of a the Black career. Sabbath musical. It's like my dream in life. Okay, I hope any producers listening are listening very carefully right now. A queer bionic babe we as a star. And like, I'm going to play Sabbath. Ozzy, obviously. <laughs> Clearly, yes. you're Ozzy Osbourne. Can I be Sharon? But yes. like when she's in her like maternal yes, phase. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yes. okay. You play Sharon when she's like his crazy publicist in the room with him. When he bites the um, head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and then I'll okay, be the, that sh- I'll, yes, I'll, I'm I'll be down the, with that. Then I'll be the later Sharon. I think we have that. like a really good idea on our hands. Yeah. You guys, oh my we're God. figuring this out. You're welcome. Forget this podcast. World. We're doing a musical. Oh, wait, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're trashing this podcast and no one gets our idea. <laughs> okay, everyone, you're not Goodbye. doing a Black Sabbath musical. You know, I will find yeah. you and I will, like, I will choke you out with my bionic arm if you take my idea. Don't take... <laughs> We, we, yeah, this is ours. So then going from, so I want to understand your story a bit more. So going, you went into creative writing mm-hmm. um, and now you are writing about all kinds of, of dating and fashion mm-hmm. and sex as this bionic babe. And you are. write about your breakups and yeah, you yeah. put it out there. I really do. Tell us about, yeah, tell us about writing about yourself in such personal ways and how do people react and how does it feel? I just can't help it. Like, I like I would be a journalist if I could, but I just don't really give a shit. Like, about, like I just, I, I mean, I do give a shit what's going on in the world. Yes. But when it comes to like my creativity and my right. talent, like I just want to talk about myself. Okay. Um, I can't help it. We're lucky that you do. Yeah. And um, it. I mean, I just, I think that I haven't always thought it through, and that's definitely been a problem. Like, I've never thought enough about like how I could hurt people or like. Mm. Yeah, and like I always change names, but but it's like you know you know who you are, um, right? For sure. This is where you and I live, actually. Yeah, because you and I write personal. I mean, I'm much more social sciencey than you are, and I can hide people behind that and intentions behind that. But you and I both do the same kind of writing, where we're writing about our personal yeah. experiences and lives, and other people are like. I don't want to say collateral damage, yeah. but they're in our lens. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know. And sometimes you just like want to tell this really good story and want to protect this person. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of checking in. Do people get pissed? I don't really like, I think that I'm getting older and more mature now. And like, I'm checking in like more, like my previous relationship, like made me go viral on Elite Daily all the time. But when I think about it, it's because I didn't like care about her that much. <laughs> Um, and it's because it wasn't, like, that hard to write about it because it kind of seemed like this, like, bit of a performance. Yeah. And now that, like, I'm with someone that I actually care about, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to, like, ask your permission if I could write about this. Or, mm-hmm. like, maybe I shouldn't write about this. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So it seems, like, I think I'm moving towards a space of, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of want to, like, start writing about, like, child. Now that I've established myself as a writer, like, I kind of want to go, like, deeper. Yeah. Um, Even though I love writing about my vagina, like, I kind of want to go, like, more, like like, a memoir moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I get that too when when it comes to like podcasting or anything on Instagram. I'm pretty open about my process You're too. You're so 
open. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I, I like being that way because I feel like my process helps others. Like we've totally through certain things and maybe it's slightly different, but there's probably a lot of parallels and similarities that we can learn from each other. And so I get that. So now that I'm hosting this podcast, I ask, you know, if I'm talking about a certain guy Mm -hmm. or situation, I ask if they are comfortable with their name being broadcasted out there because it isn't, it is my story, but they're co-creating that story with right. me, and I don't want to cross those bounds. Right. Or, or yeah, or even, you might even tell a better story if you ask them. I mean, that's what I always found. Right. Telling people, look, I'm writing this. Can you help me? Can you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, but still, some people still sometimes feel, yeah. you know, like, okay, you know, this brings me to something that's very different about you two and me. Okay. Um, <laughs> because, and I always wanted to talk to you about this. The relationship to this concept, privacy. Mm. Like, I have a very different relationship to privacy than you do. Right. You and I put each of ourselves out there in our writing all the time. And I'm very, I'm not always that cautious. People think I'm incautious and they're like, I can't believe you would write that or that you would squirt on camera or whatever. But for me, privacy, like I never talk about my relationship with my husband on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I never, yeah. so, but you guys, I feel like, tell me if I'm right. Is it like that you guys came up in a time where Google was up in your shit and Siri was up in your shit and Alexa was up in your shit and you're like, there's no privacy anyway. I'm putting myself out there. What is going on with this No, difference? I never thought that at all. I don't give a shit about Siri or Alexa or whatever. Like, but that's not where my mind goes. For me, it's like, I live this life that I know is fun for me to talk about. Right. And fun. And I know that it helps people in order, like for me talking about it. Like it mm. really does inspire and give probably some community to a lot of people yeah. just because we're willing to put ourselves out there. And we're going to take some fucking arrows, right? Like I know that me exposing certain things about myself is, is going to be controversial for sure. Um, but I also feel like for me, I'm in this place that this is just fucking who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, if you don't like it, then whatever, you don't like it. Like I'm very confident with who I am right? in order. And so when I get asked specific questions about my sexuality or what I do, like, I don't give a fuck. I'll tell you, I'm Mm -hmm. an open book, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to tell you that I'm going to tell you, I don't want to tell you that. I am not an open book. I will do a um, squirting tutorial live on a podcast. Which is also something that I was like, so I don't think I would be able to do that. I am not. And yet I am not an open book. I want to see. Well, (laughs) we just did it with Kenneth. We just did it with Kenneth Clay. Clay. Amazing. But but tell me about you. In this room. In this room. In this very room. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, I feel so privileged to be among your squirt. (laughs) Yeah, there's squirt magic all over this place. (laughs) Okay. I want to know about there are a couple things I want to make sure that we don't forget to talk about. I want to talk about your segue into sexuality. Did, you know, did your limb difference, how did it play a role? Did it not play a role? Mm -hmm. I I want to talk about that for sure. And then I want to talk to you about like, back to the body thing about pageanting. Mm -hmm. Because these are, tell us. Okay. So can we talk about, we talked about you were an adolescent. You went to um, AMP camp and you like fell in with the mean girls and you're popular and beautiful. I don't believe you're ever mean. I'm really not mean. I'm really not. To, um, no, you're not. I'm really not. Like I really I know, know I'm not. You're, but like it makes me feel cool to be accepted by mean people. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like particularly when you're that age. Yeah. Too, when you're yeah, 14, 15, 16 or whatever, you go into camp. Yeah. So and you're accepted yeah. by the I'm like too cool nice for my own group. good. Like you could smack me in the face and I'm like, thank you. How are you? Oh my God. <laughs> so you write about sex all the time now, but I don't know that I read ever anything that you wrote about like your initiation into partnered sex, sex with somebody else. Okay. Can you do you mind telling us that? Yeah. Um speaking of privacy. <laughs> hi Wednesday. Thanks for just like, what is wrong with me? Is that okay? I cannot reveal Tell that information. <laughs> Deepest, darkest, I I was always, like, a really, really sexual person. And, like, as a child, like, I was, like, obsessed with porn. This was before, like, Pornhub was a thing. So, like, I'd have to do some, like, dark things on the internet to, find porn. Uh, And I was just, like, always, like, really, again, like, going back to the concept of shame, like, I just always genuinely lacked shame. Um, And I just (laughs) love this I, yeah, I don't like too. I think that I would I need a little bit of shame in my life. But um, I don't know, you're doing like pretty it. well shameless. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Living shameless. <laughs> I feel like that's the way. T shirt. I'm in. T shirt. 
So, like, to me, also, like, virginity wasn't this huge thing, sort of. Mm. And, like, I, I truly can't remember if I lost my virginity to, like, a girl or boy, man or woman first. Okay. Because, like, it's going to sound overly politically correct, but, like, queer sex can be, like, a little hard to define when you're, like, a kid. And, like, mm-hmm. I know, you know, we'd, like, finger each other yeah. or whatever. But, like, that sounds like sex. And, I, yeah, I know, but I'd, like, leave my top on and be, like, my boobs are pointy. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. And then I And then I did have sex with a guy when I was, like, 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, but like none of it was like that ceremonious. Like it was fun. Yeah. Um, and I like knew how to orgasm because like I'd been masturbating forever. And like I also like, God bless. I came out of the womb. Like my mom called the doctor because I was masturbating in the crib. I'd get in trouble for masturbating in class all the time in preschool. Like you're like, this feels good. Yeah, I was like, I love this for me. Um <laughs> this is I was like, if y'all would just tell me what this is and it and I can't do it, then I'll stop. But like uh, um, you tell me what it is and I won't stop. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> But I'll that will a, not change what I'm I'll, doing. But I'll have a word for it. Yeah. So I just always like kind of had this just like hunger yeah. for sex. And then when I um, got to college, like obviously sex is more accessible for like everybody in college. Yeah. And um, yeah, like it is. I'm think- just into it. You didn't say a single thing about your limb difference when you're. Te- I love that you're telling your sexual story, the story of your your sexual yeah. narrative, and your limb difference doesn't play into it. It really it doesn't honestly. Um, Except when women are like. What would it be like to be fingered by that? So, yeah, I do get that question. Um, it's mostly men, though. Like, on every, mm. like, like video I do, it's either, like, she's fat, but I'd fuck her. Or, like, oh, fuck <laughs> <it>. yeah. <laughs> or like, um, <laughs> like, what's it like to get a bionic hand job? Like, well, like, men are, like, way more fetishy. But, like, the thing is, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not bothered being fetishized by men. Like, yeah. I know that's not, like, a really, like, feminist thing to say. But, like, I love it. Like, I love being catcalled. Like, I feel like if, like... A, I think that's totally feminist. Yeah. Like, this is what gets me off and what I like. So yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if a straight, cis, like, a white guy has something sexy to say about me, who, like, always has something awful to say about someone, like, I think that's fucking awesome. Like, I like being, like, <laughs> like appealing. I'm thank here you. for it. I'm like, thank you. It. Thank you for looking at my tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where, what, what was it? What so when we, I was saying I was staring at your tits earlier, that was good. Oh, I you love that. that. And also, you're a gorgeous woman, so, like, I like it more. <laughs> I know. It's working. There's so much heat in the room right now. <laughs> We're already in the squirt room, so. <laughs> I was saying that you told your s- sexual story of becoming sexual, oh, and without, basically uh, it started yeah. in the crib, and your limb difference yeah. didn't play a single role in it. Yeah, like, I, and then, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that I didn't start thinking about it maybe until, like, college. And, like, this is, like, this is one of those stories that I've told so many times where I can't... I'm sorry. ...process if it affected me or I yeah. just tell the story because it, like, plays into it. Like, yeah. I actually don't know if I give a shit about the story or not. But, like, um, my girlfriend at the time when I was, like, 18, she was fucking stunning. There was, like, a rumor going around that she did crunches before every pregame because she had, like, the most perfect stomach. She was, like, Puerto Rican and Italian, like, long, beautiful hair, like, big lips, like, beautiful. Um, And... She one night we were like super wasted, and she's like, I'm so glad you have one arm because if you didn't, like, you'd be straight and really slutty. And I was like, What? And I, uh, and like, and at the time, I was like, like, really thin, really tan, like, and it was like cool to be tan. It was right. like a Jersey yeah. Shore moment. Super like, I was, I was fucking yeah. hot. And I was like, I didn't know if I should take it as a compliment because it was basically saying, like, you're so like heteronormatively beautiful. But then I was like, but do you think I like girls because guys don't like me and I have one arm? Like, I don't know. Ooh. Like, and it kind of like yeah. haunted me a little bit. But then I kind of understood what she was saying. Cause then I'm like, would more people want to fuck me if I had two arms? Like, I don't know. But I was like, but I am already slutty. Like, it's just something <laughs> that I've already, like, I, that I definitely, it definitely, I guess it did affect me because I do think about it. Yeah. And that's like one of those particular moments that I can pinpoint. Um, where my, um, I guess my arm and my sexuality like directly came together. And I don't think I had considered that. Yeah. It came together for her. Yeah. And then then she put it on you. Yeah. And then she always wanted like a cookie or a medal for like kissing my arm or like paying attention to it. And I was like, what? No. Yeah. And I was like, you're not, you know, you're not like a spectacular person because you're like dating a disabled person. Yeah. Talk about fetishy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I love being fetishized, but like, not like that. Yeah. 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 More so like being celebrated. Yeah. Like, not I like when a, people think my arm is hot because I think it is hot. I'm sorry, it is. It is. I think it's really hot. So that doesn't bother me at all. Like, I'm not like, don't, right. it, don't objectify me. I'm like, please objectify me, daddy. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Same with me, by the way. Anyone, please. Yeah. Me. Thank you. <laughs> 
Like, I don't care if it's my brain or my tits. I don't my care. Ass, yeah. My feet. I'm totally uh, cool with it too. Please objectify my feet. Sorry, this isn't relevant. Well, Wednesday, you look sexy. I'm sure you have very sexy feet too. This isn't relevant, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm so into guys who are into feet. Yeah. I, I've been I just think kind it's a cool thing. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe. I used to hate feet, y'all. Like, hate them. I don't like my feet, but I, I love my feet. My feet are I so like feet fucking too. hot. Oh, man. No, I'm out. Like, I always say to Joel, like, couldn't you have a foot fetish? Because I've been married for 19 years. So I'm like, could you? Wait, I have I'm not to, a fetish. This is just also like, just totally <laughs> into them. I do find, like, when someone sticks their their my foot in their mouth i'm like oh my god oh wow fucking amazing and, and i think it's like you realize. want them so bad that you just want to devour like yes, any part of their exactly. body oh yeah. right one time oh, i had this guy who would never fucking do this in a million years because he's a germaphobe but i was wearing some dope ass louboutins that i had worn a lot and i had him on when we were fucking and he just took my foot and licked the bottom of my Louboutin. My nipples just got like, hard. Oh my God. Oh, wow. I love you. Yeah. It's like saying like, I love every part yeah. of you and this is hot. It's I like, love Like that. women need to be more like every part of me is objectifiable yeah. and, and fucking beautiful. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a guy who, or a woman who is a person who's mm-hmm. into somebody else's feet, I feel like they're sending you a powerful message with that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like that's what happened. It's like worship. Worship, thank you. Yeah. I used, I used to spray tan all the time. This is so quick, but I have to tell no. a mom story. <laughs> and um, the mom. bottom of my feet would get, like, really black, and they'd look so dirty. Oh, and right. I was, like, lying on my mom's couch. And this wasn't too long ago. I quit spray tanning for the new year. But um, <laughs> she came up to me, and she's like, the bottom of your feet is dirty. I'm like, yeah, it's spray tan. And instead of being, like, wash it, like— Whatever. She just goes, how do you expect someone to suck your feet? And I'm like, mom! Mom, <laughs> mom put it out there, mom. And I was like, you know what? You're I think right. I should stop spray tanning. She's <laughs> <laughs> like totally deadpan. She's like making meatballs and she just keeps walking. How do you expect someone to suck your feet? I'm like, you know what, mom? She knows, Gross, how, to deli- okay. she knows how to deliver <laughs> yeah. a line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right, mom. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 2020, no spray tans. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I want to know. I'm sorry. We've talked about this a little bit before, but like, can we talk about bodies and pageant culture and like what, how people flipped about your body in pageanting and you fucking pushed through that and showed them. Yeah. So proud of you. Thanks. Always. Um, yeah, I mean, I just always had, like, a very, very athletic body. Wait a second. Had, like, a boy. Like, Hold a- on. Setting the scene for people who don't know, because she didn't even tell me until I knew her for months and months. She's the former Miss Texas and the former Miss U.S. Mm-hmm. And she never leads with that. But, like, pageanting culture I, is super competitive. Yeah, yeah. And she's an ass kicker. And so I just so everybody knows, Thanks my my Whitney, <laughs> my Whitney is, like, a, was a pageant queen. I know. Cra- kind of crazy. But, I, I like— It's great. To me, I'm just really not that much of a pageant girl. You know what I mean? Like, I— The opposite in a way. Yeah. I only did it because it was something else I could compete in. You know, yeah, I was you're competitive. I, did, I was competitive. So I grew up as the biggest tomboy ever. I was I had two older brothers, so I basically did everything that they would do and I would wear like their clothes so I could be cool like them. And then I ended up somehow getting into pageants because a girlfriend of mine's another story. But anyways, I was just I was very, very athletic. I mean, six-pack abs. I had veins in my biceps. I was just built for sports because I started playing when I was four years yeah. old. So I go into pageants where you're supposed to be tall and I'm 5'4 on a fucking good day. And mm-hmm. you're, you have to be very feminine. You have to have curves. I had no boobs. I have my boobs done now. Um, and it was just really interesting because every time I would go compete, you know, I won Miss Corpus Christi Teen and then I they put you with all of these coaches and they take your body fat and they look at what's going on and – they were like, you have to be more feminine. Like you have to, you have cellulite in your arms. And I'm 15. You have cellulite in your arms. Your like legs are just a little bit too muscular. Like you have to soften your belly. There were so many things that I had to do when I was 15 years old. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. And so it's me like going through all of these crazy diets that I would do to try to figure it out. Then I realized, okay, this is not for me. You know, like I'm just, I'm more into sports, but I always had that like idea in my head that I needed to be more feminine. This is something that goes deep, y'all. This is something that like, even as of last year, I was, I'm still dealing with like, no, 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 your body is 
perfect and your body is feminine as it is. Keep on. You know? And it's like, don't yeah. get stuck into this loop that I need to look a different way to feel more feminine. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. And so once I went to Miss United States, it was, it was to the, I had half the people saying like, what are you doing? You're way too muscular. And the other half Ugh. saying like, oh my God, thank you so much for getting up there mm-hmm. and not listening to the mm-hmm. people and just saying like, this is my body. Cause I finally oh, yeah. said, you know, this is my body. I will not change it for yeah. you. This is how it's going to be. I have and, a naturally athletic yeah. body and that's how it's going to be. And just kind of celebrating it from there, I ended up winning. So That's how my girlfriend won. She just said, fuck you. This is my body. This is who I am. I'm beautiful enough to be on this stage. And she won. And not that, uh, like I said, not that it doesn't still. And wins in life. It's, it's <laughs> you know, head. Like it yeah. doesn't get me every once in a while. Because there are times now I have like really short hair. And when I had my short hair, it was before I had my boobs. And so I was like, I just feel like I need like a little bit of something, you know. And so I ended up like getting my boobs and I'm really happy with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I would also be happy if I didn't if have If you them, didn't. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, so much of it is um back to the point about your mom. First of all, I just never knew this about you. This is one of the most amazing things about Whitney. Yeah. And I sh- you didn't even share it with me until recently just the whole pageanting thing. I feel like it's like walking through fire and um that you did it with your self-esteem intact and just that you pushed back against that. Like I'm just, just the pressure to do what they said that you push back against it is amazing. And also just to the thing about your mom, I feel like context is so much like maybe it was that you grew up like getting a lot of positive reinforcement for being um, athletic and it felt good to you. Maybe that helped buffer you like Dana's mom. Yeah. Buffered her. I think you can go either way. I think when you're put in an environment like that or even society today, you can go to the route mm-hmm. of being like, oh, my God, I need to change my body in all of these ways to, mm-hmm. wait a minute, let me see if this is actually what I want to be doing. You know, we yeah. talked about this on the podcast right before this one was like, w- where are you at where you feel the most comfortable? Yeah. You know, like what weight or what do you look like that you feel like, mm, I love this. Like, like my I'm face isn't here. too skinny. Yeah. Or my, and I, yeah. And I'm healthy and I'm, I'm happy healthy. And- I can lift those weights. You know, I was just thinking about growing up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where everybody was like, all the white people were Dutch or Scandinavian, but had been living in Grand Rapids, Michigan for a generation or two and were big. Like I grew up around really big blonde girls and I was really tiny and um, I was short and skinny. And the first intervention somebody made to me about my body was my grandmother, Nana Martin, God rest her soul, who just would say to me all the time, you're so lucky to be petite. And she just like said it to me all the time, reframing for me. Because otherwise I might've been like, I'm not tall enough to play basketball. I'm not tall and pretty and blonde like all the Dutch girls and the Scandinavian girls in my town. Um, I'm too short. I'm this, I'm that. And she would just message it continually that it was such an advantage to be petite and it was so wonderful and how great and how cute. Okay. Fast forward. Really that messaging gets in. If you have a kid or, you know, want to talk to yourself in a new way. I moved to New York city in my twenties and I have a roommate who's a beautiful, beautiful model. She's like maybe 5'10", and she weighs maybe 100 and whatever pounds, and she's absolutely gorgeous. But she's always crying in her room. And me, having been, having received the messages that I received, what did I think? I was like a nerd graduate student, like reading probably, you know, like Schopenhauer in my room. (laughs) And she's crying. She's probably crying because the modeling agent industry is brutal or she broke up with the boyfriend. I don't know why. But the narrative, why was the narrative in my head like, oh my God, I feel so sorry for her. She's probably crying because she's so tall and she has big feet. Oh my God. (laughs) I feel really sorry for this. That's how powerful it was that somebody told me that I was worthy and beautiful. It's so powerful. That's so interesting. Yeah. Right? The shit that sticks with you and like, yeah. Like what mom did for you. Yeah. Or what sports did for you. Yeah, even like post, I mean, post pageants, I went into fighting, which is something that you're weight cutting. Like you have to lose eight to 10 pounds in a few days prior to a fight. Whoa. How do you do that? 
Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend. Well, I'm going to my Sarah's got PMS right now. Me, so tell me. <laughs> I mean, it can be done really un- in, in a very unhealthy way and it can be done in a healthy way. For me, I ate just a lot and I was sat sitting in a sauna and sweating. And mm-hmm. there were times where I was like spitting on my way to a weigh-in. You know, were you taking get, diuretics too? To I wasn't get all taking diuretics. I was taking a lot of vitamin C though. Vitamin is Okay. Um, but that was also, you know, an, also a sport to where you were, I had to be 118 pounds or I had to be 115 pounds and I would walk around at 122, 125. Sometimes I would get up to 128, which is when I would be like really strong and muscular. Mm-hmm. So and being able to watch how my body would move and transition through, through that was really cool. And I think actually the fact that there was so much, um, emphasis on how much you weighed for that specific sport Mm -hmm. made it easier for me because I wasn't saying like, I wasn't like a number. It was a number, but I wasn't ashamed of what that number said. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, you're 128. You need to lose weight. It's like you're 128 and you're, you're very strong and you're muscular and you've Uh been training really hard. Now your fight's coming up and you're going against somebody in that competitive way. And so you're doing what's necessary to get you down in the healthiest way possible. So you can perform at your, your best as opposed to, oh my God, I need to look better for this person or Uh I feel uncomfortable. That sounds like really healthy. Like I thought it was going to go the other way. Like that sounds. Yeah, yeah. I did too. I thought that was going to go the other way too. Probably the pageant's you know, was it, the pageants and me feeling ashamed of being too muscular was the unhealthy way because I wasn't comfortable. But going into fighting, I was more comfortable because I knew why I was doing this. I had a purpose. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I did ballet really like almost obsessively. And I remember just being this very skinny 12-year-old kid and like having my ballet teacher just come up and push my stomach as I'm standing oh in the my bar. God. And in retrospect, I so want to protect that little girl. I'm like, really? Did you really just do that? Like, so yeah, that was just. Don't they? Sorry, I just had. Sorry, I just had a repressed memory (laughs) about that. Like, wow, it starts young. What it It definitely starts young, and I think you know. I would love to get your take on this too. What are some of the things that if people do feel insecure about their bodies, they're going through this process of maybe feeling ashamed or hating mm-hmm. on it. What are some things that you think could help them? Masturbate. Yes. Um, everybody looks prettier after an orgasm. Everybody um, looks so damn that. pretty in Venice and after an orgasm. Yeah. Those are, yes. the, two pla- those are the two places in time. In just Venice? Amazing. Everybody looks beautiful in Venice. Have you? If you haven't gone to Venice <laughs> and taken a bunch of selfies, you need to do that. No, oh God, or I better yet, have it. a professional photographer. Everyone's beautiful in Venice. I and, love that. And everybody looks so <laughs> good after beautiful. an orgasm. Yeah, so good. Even if your hair is messed let's up and your like, eyeliner is running, let's have orgasms let's, in Venice. Let's do it. Oh my god, great um, idea. What else? But I would also say like. Do what makes you feel beautiful. Like, I feel like it's so, like, unfair to just be like, work on yourself on the inside, meditate. I'm like, no, red lipstick makes you feel better. And, you know, working out and, like, whatever, like, whatever makes you feel more beautiful, like, I think you should do. Like, I don't think you should feel bad. Like, oh, it's the patriarchy that tells me to wear my hair extensions and wear a push-up bra. Like, I I mean, I understand, yeah. like, how all those things come together. I'm not ignorant enough to, to acknowledge that we're right, not right. informed by that. But at the end of the day, yeah, we live in a patriarchy. Moving on, what makes me feel beautiful is wearing red yeah. lipstick and like whatever. So like I make think, a list too. So that yeah. when you're yeah. feeling like shit, you look at your list and you're like, oh, this is what makes yeah. me Yeah, like beautiful. I think that like there's no shame in like doing this. And then of course, like also taking care of yourself and like doing the things that make you happy and healthy, obviously. But like, I think yeah. we don't like, I think we had too much focus in the past on like beauty and now we're moving away so far from it. That's just like, everything's fine. Let yourself go. <laughs> like Everyone's right. beautiful. And like, I think there's like something in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not on that side to let yourself go. You know what? I will put on makeup before I go anywhere. (laughs) You will. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did, starting in January, I went sugar-free and I started doing no bra and no makeup. Oh, I love that. And I I just want to say at first without makeup, I was like, oh, like, I don't like this. Usually I just wear like a tinted sunblock, like a tinted SPF 50 every day. And maybe a little mascara, but I was like, let me go bra free and makeup free. And after like five days of absolutely mm-hmm. no makeup, I just stopped hating on my face as much. You have to get used to yourself. And, and like, I, it, yeah. for some reason, not that 
I love makeup. It's fun. But, um, and I have no problem wearing it or with anybody who does or anybody who doesn't, but it was a really interesting exercise about my body and my face to just go makeup free. And then my eyes adjusted. It was really- You have to get over the hump. Like I just quit eyelash extensions and I like wanted to literally kill myself at like the first couple of days. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't look at myself. I don't want to like be in public. And then after a couple of days, I was like, Hey girl. And like, it was fine. So like, you can do the same thing with anything with makeup, with hair extensions, like whatever. Like, I know that's yeah. why you have to do love yourself like as you are. Yeah. When you add these things on, it's just fun. And it's not like you have to do this. Right. And you're then, just dressing yeah. your costume up. Exactly. And then surround yourself by people who love you as you are. Like we were just talking to Mandy and Wheezy from Horrible Decisions and you met them. And love one them. of the things they were talking about is like in black culture, there's this idea of being thick. Mm-hmm. And that's like a freaking compliment yeah. to be thick. Yeah. And like put, put yourself, but that's like just a metaphor for life. Like Put yourself around people who appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Black men love me. But (laughs) (laughs) no, you're thick is good. You're a lesbian? Yes. 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 Okay. (laughs) Thick is good. Um, Okay. I think we have to wrap up, but I want people to know where. This is so much fun. You have to come back. Please. And you have to come back. But how can people find you? What I want to, before we wrap up, I also want to, before you tell us that. Tell us like your favorite couple things that you've written that you want people who want to get to know you to read. Um, I would love for everyone to read Getting Slutty at Am Camp. I wrote it a long time ago. Getting but it was Slutty at Amp on Jezebel. Camp. Jezebel. And it was kind of just like such like a pivotal uh, moment. That's kind of like for me. Yeah, t- will really tell people a yeah. lot about you. And then all my work on Elite Daily, I'm really proud of. So just Elite Daily. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I'm the editor of Go Magazine. So if you want to check out GoMag.com. Oh my that. god, I love I love Go. And I love everything that you write. Thank you. Thank you, Winston. And on, for you. And on Instagram? Uh, at Dana Trevisi, D-A-Y-N-A-T as in Tom, R-O-I-S-I. And uh, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, but I, I'm not like a, a tweeter. Oh, fuck but, that dumpster fire. Yeah. Like, I, I just can't. I know you hate Twitter. <laughs> You're hate such Twitter. A Twitter. I think the only time I'm on Twitter is when I tweet at you, basically. If oh, I, like, if I, like quote God. you for like an article I wrote that's or something, so that's nice. about it. Thank yeah. you. The only time I'm on Twitter is when I'm tweeting something to screenshot to put on my Instagram or I just. <laughs> oh, I like that. Or I, because yeah. it didn't build your Twitter following. Yeah. Or I just retweet what you put out there. But anything other than that, I'm just never on there. Okay, so don't find Dana on Twitter. Yeah, you don't have to. It's really quite boring, but Instagram's great. Like a lot of my cat named Bad Girl Riri and a lot of my boobs and my writing, so. That's that's (laughs) what we want to see. Thank you for coming here and talking to us about bodies. Thank you so much. You're both brilliant and beautiful, and it's really such a pleasure to be here. We love you. Thanks, Dana. Thank you. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast, and if you did, it would help us a lot if you would leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, subscribe. We want to know how you guys felt about the episode. It really helps us out a lot to continue the success of the podcast and keep spreading our message.